There are times, times that it is easy, really easy, to become discouraged in the Lord's work. There are times you want to smile, and you just have to sigh. Times when things seem to be pressing in on you. But folks, it's in those times that this book that we call the Bible is a source of comfort to me and a source of comfort to every Christian. Because in the pages of this book, you can discover men and women of God through all the ages who have at some point in their life been discouraged. Men and women venturing on a service for God, often confronted by the same problems you and I face. People forced to deal with some of the same issues that annoy us constantly. In our text this morning, and we'll get to it in a moment, But in our text this morning, we see Nehemiah, a man unmistakably called of God. And he secured an army of helpers to go with him to work to rebuild the walls of the city of Jerusalem. And Nehemiah finds himself faced with discouragement of every kind on every hand. Now in the beginning... It seemed like everything is going wonderfully well. Artaxerxes the king was more than happy to equip Nehemiah for his journey and and to send Nehemiah to Jerusalem. Nehemiah got there and he prayerfully surveyed the, the ruins and soon Nehemiah had around him a great army of people and they were ready. They were going to shoulder the burden of rebuilding the walls of the city of Jerusalem. But as so often happens, immediately following a time of great blessing, the enemy counterattacks. There was the opposition of Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem. And they launched a campaign of hate against Nehemiah. But this opposition had been faced realistically. We're told that God's people had a mind to work, they had a heart to pray, and they had an eye to watch. And so for the time being at least, the enemy was held at bay. But here we find something even more serious. You see, in every Christian advance with God, There are two kinds of foes that arise. One is external and one is internal. Turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 4, and I'm going to begin reading there with verse 6. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together under the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, 
then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish. So we are not able to build the wall. Now what happens here, and what we see in that passage, is internal problems striking at Nehemiah. Judah said there's decaying strength. There is accumulating rubbish, and it is an impossible task. Here we are, right in the middle of this whole project of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, and somebody comes in with a report and says, it can't be done. We're tired. We're worn out. The job's too big for us. Oh my. Don't you know what a comfort it was to Nehemiah to hear those words? And then look who said it. It was Judah of all people. Of Judah long ago it had been said his foot would be on the neck of his enemies. Here's the cream of the army. The crack regiment threatening to revolt and filled with discouragement. When Nehemiah went back to rebuild those walls, he wasn't filled with any false illusions. He expected trouble from Sanballat and Tobiah and all the rest. He had expected trouble from some of his nominal adherents. Those that came along and joined the project, well, because everybody else was doing it. But Judah, can you imagine the sickening sense of letdown that swept over Nehemiah? It would have been so easy to just simply give in. It would have been so simple to just go back to Persia and go back to Artaxerxes and be his cupbearer again. But I don't find any indication that Nehemiah ever even contemplated that. You know why? Nehemiah was a man on a mission for God. And he was sure of himself in the sense that Nehemiah was sure of the enablings of God. He knew that even if he had to stand alone, retreat and surrender were not an option. Folks, this weapon of discouragement that's a powerful weapon the enemy thrusts into our souls. I don't want to see a show of hands, okay? But let me ask you a question. Do you ever get discouraged? You bet you do. All of us do. Discouragement's a disease. It's a horrible disease. And it's universal. It's a recurring disease. 
It's a contagious disease. But, it's curable. Now make no mistake about it. The devil himself is the sinister minister of discouragement. God's people say, let's rise up and build. And the devil says, let's rise up and stomp them. God's people have a mind to work. The devil has a mind to wreck. One of the best ways the devil has to keep you from being what you ought to be. And one of the best ways the devil has to keep the church from being what the church should be. And being what it could be. Is discouragement. Now let me say this. All discouragement is of Satan or self. It never comes from God. This book tells us about God. And He is the God of all comfort. Now that word comfort actually means cancellation or encouragement. God has cornered the market on encouragement. And the devil that works against God works with discouragement. There's an old story that one day the devil decided that he was going to have a big auction. And he was going to auction off all of his tools. But there was one held back. It was clearly not for sale. He was auctioning off fear and he was auctioning off hatred. He was selling pride and he was selling envy and he was selling lust. But there was a strange looking tool there. One that was well worn and not for sale. And Someone asked and the devil said... I can't afford to sell that tool. That's the most valuable tool I own. That's discouragement. When I pry someone's heart open with discouragement, then I can do almost anything I want to do. Why does it happen to us? Why do we get discouraged? A lot of times we get discouraged for the same reason these folks did in Nehemiah's day. We're just simply wore out. It was a function of fatigue. Look again at verse 10. It says, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. They were tired. And their strength was failing. They were weary because they were carrying a heavy load. Folks, we might as well admit it, we're human. And as humans, we're going to get tired. It's going to happen. Jesus once got so tired that He sat on a well curb and sent the disciples into the city to go buy food. There was another time Jesus was so tired, He went to the back of the boat and went to sleep in the middle of a storm. Don't care who you are. Don't care how many handfuls of vitamins you take every day. You can get tired. 
Write it down. It's a fact. Now when does discouragement come? Look again at verse 6. So built with a wall, and all the wall was joined together under the half thereof. They were at the halfway point. The job was half finished. That's when we tend to get discouraged. That's when our strength seems to wear out. When the new wears off, we get discouraged. Go buy a new car. You open the door and you, doesn't that new car smell? Isn't it great? Doesn't it smell good? And about the time you make half the first half of the payments, and that car is halfway paid off, you start wondering then if you ever should have bought the silly thing to start with. And why in the world did I saddle myself with all these payments on this car? Discouragement comes when the job's half done. And discouragement comes when we feel weighted down. It says the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish. You see, when they went back to rebuild these walls, they had to use the old stones that the first walls were built of. But they had to dig through the rubble and the rubbish to get to those stones. They had to remove the rubbish in order to rebuild. And digging through all that rubbish to find those stones to rebuild those walls, it was weary. It was backbreaking work. And they're worn out and they're weighted down. And let's be honest about it. How many of you think we would find it glamorous to be digging through the rubbish of all those old stones to find the ones we were going to use to rebuild the wall? There's nothing glamorous about digging through rubbish looking for stones. Right now, in your life, you may be facing some situation. I don't know what it is. But you're facing some situation that may seem just too big to handle. You're facing some, you may be facing something that seems like it's just way too big for you. And your problem is not fatigue, it's frustration. You're not just worn out, you're weighted down. And it seems like you'll just never get it done. And that's what's happening in this text in Nehemiah. They're not just worn out. That's fatigue. But they're weighted down. That's frustration. And they're also wrought up. I didn't read verse 11 a while ago. And I did that on purpose. Our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. Here's the contemporary English version of that. 
Our enemies were saying before those Jews know what's happened, we're going to sneak up and kill them and put an end to their work. They're worn out, weighted down, and wrought up. They're emotionally disturbed. So you add to all of this the problem of fear. They're afraid. They're so tired. And they're so weary. And the burdens are so heavy. And now they're scared. Folks, the devil is clever. And he knows when we're weighted down. And he knows when we're worn out. And that's when he comes to get us all wrought up and bent out of shape. When fatigue, frustration, and fear all get together when you get discouraged. And you know something else? They've been written off. And that's failure. Look at verse 12. And it came to pass that when the Jews that dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, From all places whence you shall return unto us, they shall be upon you. Now here's the NIV version of that. It makes it clearer. Then the Jews that lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. It's bad enough when your enemies say it can't be done. But then when your friends say it can't be done, that's the coup de grace. Ten times these Jews, their fellows, the ones that were supposed to be on their side said, you can't do it. Over and over, they said, Nehemiah, you're a failure. Nehemiah, you're never going to get it done. They said, Nehemiah, it ain't going to happen. Well, guess what? On the Facebook page and in the book, in the, in the order of worship, it said, defeating discouragement, right? What's the cure? What's the cure for discouragement? Well, there's a physical cure. It's... Renew your strength. Look at verses 21 and 22. So we labored in the work. Sometimes you just have to keep on working. No matter what. That's where that expression comes from. You know, you've heard it all your life. You just got to keep on keeping on. So we labored in the work. Now look at the rest of verses 21 and 22. And half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise at the same time said I unto the people, Let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. Did you catch that? Lodge within Jerusalem. Lay down and go get some rest. If you're discouraged. If the walls are closing in and about the time the walls start to close in, the roof starts to cave and the floor drops out from under you, it may be just as simple as this. You need to get some rest. Or you need to change your diet. Because when you get worn out physically, and fatigue comes. 
you get discouraged. And you never want to make a major decision when you're fatigued. When you're depressed, don't do it. But there's not just a physical cure for it, there's a spiritual cure for it. We need to revive our spirit. There's a very little obscure phrase in verse 14. And that little obscure part of verse 14, it says, Be not you afraid of them. Listen to it. Remember the Lord. My friends, that is one of the great verses in the Bible. Be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord that is great and terrible. Now the word terrible in that passage has the meaning terrifying to your enemies. Remember the Lord who is great and terrifying to your enemies. The Bible tells us about David in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6 that David encouraged himself in the Lord. You get discouraged? Encourage yourself in the Lord. When we get discouraged, think of everything God has done for us. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not the son of a psychologist. But I read a psychology book and I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express. And psychologists tell us that gratitude is one of the healthiest emotions we can have. Gratitude is one of the healthiest emotions that we can have because it's almost impossible to be grateful and discouraged at the same time. Remember the Lord. And don't think just of His goodness in the past and His closeness in the present. But think of His faithfulness in the future. I'm reminded of a story by Robert Louis Stevenson. There were some passengers who were on a ship. It was being tossed about in a tumultuous storm and it looked as if the ship was going to go down. The passengers were below decks and they were whispering to one another, Will we go down? Are we safe? And one of the passengers said, I've got to find out. And he made his way across those heaving decks. He made his way up to the pilot house. And the pilot of the ship was there. And he had his hand on the wheel and he just looked at this man. The pilot knew the man was afraid. And the pilot just turned at the man and smiled at him. The man did not say a word. He just went down below the decks and he said, Folks, we're going to be all right. I've seen the face of the pilot. And he smiled at me. Folks, we're going to be all right. I've seen the face of Jesus right here. And He smiled at me. 
Remember the song, Jesus, Savior, pilot me over life's tempestuous sea. Unknown waves before me roll, hiding rock and treacherous soul. Chart and compass came from Thee, Jesus, Savior, pilot me. When we see the face of Jesus Christ, our pilot, and He smiles at us, then we know we're going to be all right. The writer of Hebrews had just finished calling the roll of the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11. And in chapter 12, as it begins, he said, Seeing we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with patience the race, race that is set before us. Now listen to it. Looking to Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith. Are you looking to Jesus this morning? Or do you need to make changes? It's His invitation as we stand and while we sing.